0: I'm Marco Werman, and this is The World. There were more bodies in Syria today. United Nations observers said they found 13 people bound and shot in the east of the country. That comes just days after the massacre of about 100 people in the town of Hula. Many of them were children. Today, the deputy to Special Envoy Kofi Annan told the Security Council that the killings in Syria won't end without a political negotiation between the government and the opposition. About 10 countries, including the U.S., have expelled Syrian diplomats in protest over the massacre. And the U.N. Human Rights Council has scheduled an emergency meeting for Friday. There's an urgent sense that the international community has to do something, but there's no consensus on what. Column Lynch is U.N. correspondent for The Washington Post column Annan's deputy also said today that he and Annan now doubt Assad's commitment to the peace plan but what are the alternatives
1: well the the Security Council met and after the briefing by Annan's deputy the security Council tried to explore ways that they can respond are there ways that they can apply more pressure on the government are there ways that they can strengthen the capacity of the UN monitors and you know by the end of the conversation it was becoming quite clear that any steps to increase pressure on the regime were not going to get very far in the council. Uh, There was opposition to sanctions, the Russians in particular. There was concerns about proposals from some of the Western countries to adopt what they call a Chapter 7 resolution. Those are the kinds of resolutions that are often enforced through the threat of sanctions or even possibly military force.
0: Now, Kofi Annan told Bashar al-Assad, the Syrian president, that his country is at the tipping point. But the violence in Syria is so much worse than, say, the tipping point at Benghazi in Libya last year, which prompted the world to intervene in that country. France has called again for military intervention in Syria. Russia is still holding out. How can the rest of the international community open up some distance between Bashar al-Assad and Moscow?
1: Well, I think that they're trying to use the Hula massacre as a vehicle for doing that. I mean, you have seen the Russians you know, acknowledging, and I think they're largely doing this because of the fact that there are monitors on the ground, but acknowledging that the government bears the greatest responsibility for what happened there. But they've also tried to sort of convey this kind of lack of clarity about events on the ground so there, there is still an effort by the Russians to provide some political cover for the Syrians and also to sort of uh, convey this narrative that this is a really messy situation it's not just the Syrian government that there are armed opposition people on one side that are equally responsible for what's going on there but it seems that the sort of the initial reporting for the UN shows fairly clear picture that it was uh, government and pro-government militia that, that bore greatest responsibility for this awful massacre.
0: Humanitarian intervention in Syria is being very softly peddled right now. Um, But but today, U.S. ambassador to the U.N., Susan Rice, uh, warned the Security Council that the most probable scenario in Syria was a further escalation of the conflict with it spreading to other countries in the region. Would that warning possibly uh, provide for some kind of military intervention to prevent that from happening?
1: Well, I think that there's not a a clear scenario, um, as you saw, or a willingness, as you saw, in Libya to to intervene militarily, particularly by countries that have the wherewithal to do it. So uh, that's kind of on the agenda. I mean, the United States is talking about ratcheting up pressure, possible sanctions. But, you know, they acknowledge, and Susan Rice acknowledged, that the council is still deeply divided. It's not clear that they can cobble together enough of a majority and overcome a Russian veto in the council to um, to significantly step up pressure on the government.
0: It, it kind of feels like there's not much outrage. And when you see the pictures and videos of the dead children uh, in Hula last Friday, I mean, it's just horrific. What, what is the tone and temper at the U.N. right now? I mean, have, have, have diplomats seen these pictures and videos?
1: well they have and and everybody you know is using the language of their appalled their outrage i mean i think what's notable is that you know if you go back a few months before the Annan plan started um all these kind of European and, you know, Western capitals, the United States, they're all talking about the need to overthrow or not to overthrow, but, but to drive President Assad from power. And I think that most Western governments have basically hid behind the UN mediation, uh, the Kofi Annan's mediation as a way of not having to address the very difficult decisions about what to do.
0: There there has been new talk of a Yemen option, like the deal which led to the departure of uh, Ali Abdullah Saleh, the dictator of Yemen, earlier this year, a deal promising immunity and safe haven for the regime's leaders in exchange for relinquishing power. Is that realistic, and who's actually pushing that idea?
1: I I don't think it's realistic, and I don't think that, you know, the Syrians have shown any inclination or interest in doing this. I mean, I think that, you know, for Assad and and for, you know, the kind of elite... um, group the Alawites around him, I think that they see this as a kind of, you know, an existential threat. Uh, You know, maybe Assad could leave and he would have immunity, but there's a big, you know, population of people who probably wouldn't. They seem to be sending no signs that they're willing to go, and quite the opposite. I I get the sense that President Assad, uh, you know, is fairly confident that he's going to be able to survive this.
0: Column Lynch, UN correspondent for The Washington Post. Thanks for joining us.
1: Thanks for having me, Marco.